This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Lots, as always, to talk about. Lots, lots of uh, international affairs uh, in the mix today. Um, a decision, uh, as we talked about on the show yesterday, but for, uh, formally announced by Joe Biden, the US president yesterday, the Afghanistan troops are going to be pulled out by September the 11th, 20 years uh, after uh, troops went in. Of course, NATO troops, British troops are still there in a sort of training and advisory capacity. They'll be leaving as well. Uh, but also the prospect of uh, trouble in Ukraine once again, as uh, Russian forces uh, amount there. Uh, And of course, we've seen uh, senior figures in the American administration, both the um, Secretary of State and the Defence Secretary, uh, on visits to Europe uh, to discuss those issues. Uh, talking of travel, those uh, possibly six-hour waits at airports on your return, uh, if you do try and get away for a, a trip abroad after the 17th of May, will be troubling some. They certainly seem to be troubling the uh, uh, the editor of the Times, who's put that as the front-page story today. But meanwhile, it is the Greensill affair that dominates an awful lot of the political news. Uh, well, let's talk about all of those stories with James Price. He's a former government advisor. He's now at Hanover Communications and he joins us now. Good morning to you, James. Morning, how you doing? Uh, very well indeed. Let's talk Greensill straight up. Here's the first question. You worked as a former, as a government advisor. Did you have private sector interests that were conflicting with your work, uh, working in the government? Or would, would that have been allowed if you were an advisor not um, on a political beat as opposed to a civil servant? Um, were you aware that this was all going on? Uh, I was not aware, and worse than not being allowed to do any of this stuff, when I joined government, it meant I stopped being able to come on your show for a couple of years. We, that was the worst we thing do, for me. We, do you know what? We we lost a lot of our regular contributors when we when we used to. Do you remember those days? We were allowed to have people in the studio, everyone. Very exciting times. Uh, we used to have two people, uh, uh, presenters' friends, as you know, in the studio with us, and, uh, and an awful lot of those went off to work in government, which is wonderful for contacts, but <laughs> finding out what's going on, not so good for guests on the show, but there we are. Well, we're delighted you left government as a result but but um what do you make of all this because big developments yesterday i mean a lot of new stories around but the cabinet secretary simon case ordered all top civil servants to disclose any paid roles or outside interests that could not do could conflict with their civil service job and i would say pretty much anything they're doing private sector there um this is after bill crothers who was the former civil service procurement chief in charge of by the way 40 billion pound budget was found to have been working for three months as a paid advisor to the board of greensill 
Um, this after it appears that Greens has had contact with virtually everybody in the cabinet and and its senior uh, levels uh, in the uh, in, in the administration. Um, Tory whips um, managed to defeat the Labour bid yesterday. We spoke to Rachel Reeves about that on the show to set up this full inquiry, rather more wide ranging than what the government had suggested. And then immediately after that, the Treasury Committee, led by Tory MP Mel Stride, by the way, announced they're doing a full investigation. So all attempts by the government to sort of play this one down, failing dismally. Yeah, I think there's, there's an awful lot, obviously, to, to um, uh, unpack in all of this. I think the, the the worrying bit is this idea that civil servants were allowed to have these sorts of outside jobs. And I think Bill Crothers said something to the effect of, this was to help me transition back into the private sector oh. or some sort of nonsense like that. And I mean, that seems very stupid, if only from a kind of HR perspective, that sort of senior uh, bigwigs inside the civil service were allowed to get away with this kind of thing. I think the rest of it is pretty much kind of politics as normal yeah. you know, the, you know the, the, if you imagine that you are a minister you've got a couple of ministers in a department and a couple of former advisors people like me in there versus 60,000 people or something working in some of the bigger departments and you've got to try and work out all of the important things that are coming at you from the reams of information that's not very important yeah. well if if someone who knows about a particular area sends you a message through whatever channel you then get the chance to have a look at it and go, mm, that sounds sort of like rent seeking, like this person's yeah. trying to get a fast buck or hang on a minute, this looks important. Let's go and have a look at it. And that's yeah. what most of this stuff boils down to. Yeah. And ministers generally clever enough to, you'd hope, to decipher what's important and what's well, not. They are, but, but the key thing is, as you say, the interest of those who are advising them and what, who decides what goes onto the minister's desk and what goes into the red box. Um, many, many years ago in the 1970s, my dad uh, was a special advisor uh, to the then Labour Health Secretary, David Ennell, um, and uh, and and he his one of his rules was with the civil servants they would just put everything I mean massive big sort of you know five inches thick documents they wanted to put into red boxes they get more than one red box a senior minister uh, to go home with or go to the on the weekend with and he would say no 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 if you haven't summarised it in one page it doesn't go in because they used to put stuff in and say oh well you know very yes prime minister they would say oh but minister it was in your red box the implication being if you didn't if you hadn't made a decision on it or, or dealt with it it was because you hadn't paid attention you hadn't got to the bottom of your red box but they used to put stuff in at the bottom um, of the box. So, in, you know, basically, oh, well, they can say, well, you know, you were supposed to have dealt with this. But his thing was, if you haven't put a one page summary on it, and I, which I've already read, um, you know, you don't understand it and you can't possibly expect the cabinet minister to wade through 40,000 pages to make a decision. You need, you need to provide a summary. That's what you're paid to do. Um, and I do worry that, you know, if a lot of the people who are making the decisions on things are, have actually got, I mean, this Bill Crothers situation, I mean, to be the to procurement chief, basically in charge of a £40 billion budget, procuring from the private sector on behalf of the taxpayer, spending taxpayers' money, and you're being paid on the board to advise the board of one of the financial companies that is seeking those gigs. I'm sorry, on no planet would that be normal or acceptable or pass the smell test. And yet it was signed off in the rules. So is the issue that is a load of people, I'm not saying these people are on the take, they may, they may be behaving in a perfectly upstanding way. But it's still not allowed. Um, I don't particularly think it is particularly upstanding, frankly. I think these people do know better. Um, but the fact that it was signed off in the rules, that shows the rules aren't worth having at all, are they? I think, I think you're know, right. And I think the, the, the big, deep, long-running problem here that, that rears its head in all kinds of um, aspects of how government operates 
the estate used to be a lot bigger than it is. And then we realized maybe in sort of the 1980s with people like Margaret Thatcher that you don't need the state to do these things because other companies can do it more efficiently. So you can just outsource things or privatize things. Fine. The problem is that the civil service has never really got a grip on the sort of procurement skills yeah. that it needs. Writing contracts, getting good deals for things, understanding the, the commercial impacts of this kind of stuff. That's the skill set that they still don't really have. Well, quite that's well where enough. we saw the vaccine task force with, uh, you know, with, with the private sector's input on that and actually and actually delivering the good deals, which what a surprise the EU couldn't do. Well, exactly right. And so what happened there, realising sort of the flaws in the system, not to do anything with the people themselves or anything, but perhaps their skill sets. And as you say, the rules The we got the Kate Bingham in a venture capitalist bought up huge amounts of vaccines, all different kinds of vaccines invested in it. And look how well that's gone. But by and large, this has been. Um, a really difficult thing for the civil service to manage to do. And so I can almost understand some some civil service boss saying, yeah, go and go and have a day a week in a private company and, and see how it works. I can sort of understand where the rationale came from. But as you say, it really doesn't pass the smell test in this sense right now. Yeah, uh, that, that's, course, that's the key. I think that is the key thing. It doesn't pass the smell test. Um, let's talk about, obviously, a far bigger issue than, you know, what goes on in government and billions of pounds of taxpayers' money being spent. Let's talk about uh, the huge, huge issue of what men should wear to a royal funeral because this is uh, on the front page of an awful lot of papers I mean mind-blowing this is on the front of the sun today um I, I I'm so I, I'm so disgusted and repelled by this um I mean and, and what amazes me is that people who you know who claim to be royalists and monarchists and to care about the royal family will, will actually you know think this is this is uh, this is this is perfectly acceptable but um I find it astonishing it suits you sirs is the front page of the sun today um big battle among the royal princes around who gets to wear what uniform their military uniform uh, at the at the funeral on Saturday uh, because um some um, prince andrew wanted to wear his full admiral I'm going to say costume, that's in my head, but, but it is a costume because he's not a full admiral. He was a vice admiral at 55, an honorary role. He has fought, he was a hero in the Falklands War, no doubt, doubt at all. But he, um, he in, uh, when the age of 60, was supposed to become a full admiral, but he wasn't because, of course, of his uh, the embarrassment uh, and shame over his relationship uh, with the convicted paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Um, meanwhile, Prince Harry has been stripped of all his honorary titles, so he'd be turning up in either a very basic uniform, again, being a war hero from Afghanistan, um, but now he was going to wear a suit, and then it'd be embarrassing he'd be the only man who wasn't in a, a naval or was in a military uniform i mean how on earth these people can get themselves into this i have no idea it does seem a little bit like uh, rearranging the the deck chairs on the top of the titanic i mean it is good in a way i guess all the the bits of metal and stuff that are on some of these fancy military uniforms i'm not sure harry would be able to get it through in his hand luggage when his flight over from california so maybe it's lucky for him um, and I think I think by and large, uh, this is not the sort of thing to focus on, although it is it will sell newspapers. The, the obvious solution to refer to our previous conversation is to take advice from the private sector, do a kind of Britney Spears style costume change halfway through. That seems to be the, the solution to me. Yeah, I mean, it is um, it, 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 it is an extraordinary thing. I mean, again, and lots of these are honorary titles. I mean, I, I don't know why they need honorary titles anyway. Isn't it enough that they I mean some of these men are genuine? They're genuine military heroes. They fought in wars um you know andrew you know andrew for all his faults sins uh, was a hero in the afghanistan in, in in the in the falklands war and and harry you know uh, fought in afghanistan all credit to these people they've got more gumption than most of us um but i don't know why they need all these honorary uniforms at all i think it's rather bizarre um let's also talk if we can uh, about Afga afghanistan but joe biden troops out 
um, uh, you know, finally September the 11th, all being praised. This is 20 years on from the Afghanistan war, which started obviously very soon after uh, that attack uh, by the Taliban, harboured by the Afghanistani government uh, in, in 2001. Um, it's amazing, though, that Joe Biden gets praised for this when, I mean, a number of different presidents have attempted to just get troops out. Um, uh, when, uh, when Donald Trump announced that he was going to take troops out, he was castigated. Right, completely. And, and Biden has said something like, you know, it's, it's America's longest war at, at 20 years. But there are still tens of thousands of American troops in Germany, still tens of thousands of American troops in Japan, and that there is an acknowledgement that the sort of Pax Americana exists because America is willing to put troops stationed all around the world in case anything happens all over the place. And, and Afghanistan may not be an important sort of strategic location. There's not very much there other than I suppose poppies for growing opium seeds and uh, some nice bits of historical pottery making and a few <laughs> bits like that. But when the when the troops pull out, the Taliban who have been hiding away in the hills will go. Brilliant! We've waited it out. We're yep. now going to go back into Kabul. We're going to take it over again. It's going to be more instability. And at some point, I suspect you'll see Western boots having to be back on the ground there yet again. They're, 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 this is very very likely. I wonder if Western boots will be on the ground uh, to protect Ukraine though, because uh, we have seen uh, well the U.S. sanctions over Russia over cyber warfare in, in, uh, in interfering in the, uh, in the elections there. And that, that was being announced yesterday. But the real focus now is on what NATO does about Ukraine with the huge amassing of Russian troops on the border there once again. Seized Crimea. The, the West went, oh, no, don't do that. And then shrugged and moved on. Um, it seems to me to be unbe unbelievably obvious and clear that a very clear and decisive message needs to be sent by the US, by Europe, by the whole of NATO, that no, no, Russia, you are not taking over Ukraine. Do you think that's going to happen? I'm afraid not. No, not I really. Know. It's terrible, isn't it? We talk <laughs> a good game in the West, don't we? Right, and, and some nice sanctions will come on some of the, 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 the nastiest rotters in Moscow, and you won't yeah. see quite as many of them in flashy cars, in, in bars, in, in Knightsbridge or Chelsea or whatever, and it might be a bit more difficult for some of these people to, to wash their blood money buying London yeah. property. And, and that would be about it. And, and, and I think whilst certain areas, things like the, the tragedies in Syria, where Russia has massively benefited, are partly the fault of, I think it was Ed Miliband who said he would back it in sort of 2013, 2014, went against his word and the vote in parliament fell. That stopped Obama from, from feeling that he could act. And he went, you know, said, oh, you crossed our red line. And then Obama did nothing as a result of that. But I think yep. in, in the Ukraine, uh, where the vast majority of people are looking towards Europe, not necessarily the EU, but towards Europe and towards democracy and all these lovely things that we all take for granted here in Britain. And what's the European Union done about it? Nothing. Yep. And why? Partly at least because the Germans, although they talk a good game on green energy, get huge amounts of their gas from Putin. Exactly. He can turn that off whenever he wants. Exactly. Oh, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Lots more to uh, go through uh, the papers uh, and there's a big story today with James Price from Hanover Communications. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to Detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.